0: I don't even think I have dreams now. I don't really have any dreams or goals. This is Jackie of All Trades, a podcast that explores the multi-creative identity and the rise of the portfolio career among millennials and Gen Z in the creative industries. I'm Katura, a DJ, creative, strategist, CEO, and self-described Jackie of All Trades with a 10-year portfolio career spanning music, digital marketing, and cultural strategy. On this podcast, I speak to people who have also designed their own careers and are successfully juggling multiple creative pursuits to understand what it takes, what they've learned, and how you can do the same. This season, I'm joined by writer, content creator, podcaster, and author, Taliti. DJ, radio broadcaster, TV presenter, A&R, and music label owner, Jam Supernova. Journalist, writer, strategist, and director, Nati Kasambala and DJ, writer, artist manager, music label owner, and cultural curator, Elijah. This episode is all about Elijah. You may know him as half of the DJ duo Elijah and Skillium, Co owner of Butters Records, manager to Flavour D, Swindle, and DJQ, or as a writer. In recent times, he's been reflecting back on his 10 year plus portfolio career with introspective doodles on Instagram and Twitter about the music industry. Elijah and I have been following each other on socials for a while, and about a year ago, he sent me a really nice message, and that kind of just cemented the mutual respect and admiration that we have for each other. So I'm super excited to have him on this podcast and for you to hear his incredible story.
1: Hi, I'm Elijah, um, I guess I'll go in the order of things that I do, like I write, DJ, I guess I'll do some work as like a curator, so like putting together records and shows and exhibitions and um, artists manage um, a few producers, Swindle, T DJQ and D. and um, yeah, that's a kind of mixture of the things that I do and then some things just come up and then I'll try try my hand at those things when they when they do, so yeah. My thing is, I guess, like computers in general. Um, I had a computer in the house from really young, just playing around with different software, messing around with the internet. I had the internet from, like, the mid-90s, it was quite early for most people, and got to play around with that. And I figured that, you know, that and, like, pirate radio at the same time were, like, big influences on me. So I kind of knew that I wanted to put something on the internet, but I wasn't sure what that would be. Like, okay. Yeah, probably that was probably like the the spark, I guess, when like um, downloading and Napster and all those things were out. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I wanna put something in. I don't know what it's gonna be, mm-hmm. drawing or writing or music or something. And then Grime happened. So I'm born in East London. Um that was like the the local creative, active thing on my doorstep mm-hmm. and it was something that you could get involved in. And I just got involved as a DJ quite like late. Not late, you know, but it was already going, and then I started. It was not something that I just jumped on as soon as mm-hmm. it came. It was, like, something that was, like, in and around the area. There's MCs, DJs, producers, and, um, yeah, I started properly DJing at, like, 18. I could have started, like, three or four years earlier if I had the resources. Then I was writing and taking pictures at raves and, and all kinds of things I was going to, because a lot of this stuff wasn't on the internet. So when
0: you he was writing, where was it going?
1: On no, blog spot, so... Um, like a, there was like this thing, blogger.com, where you could just start mm-hmm. your own blogs and I was just writing on the, on those really and taking pictures of events and um mm-hmm. writing about songs and in, interviewing artists. This is like two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. So that's what the original Butters was. The but, butters was a blog writing about rhyme. Right.
0: Okay. And
1: the name came from me listening to pirate Radio and Skepta saying this song's butters, this song's <laughs> ugly. I really <laughs> love the tune and I was like, Okay, cool. That's a good name for a blog. So then it's got it going. And then to start writing about the music, sharing it. And then the people didn't... It's not like I was hiding who I was, but when people figured out, oh, it's you as right putting the thing on the internet, you're the one that took that picture. Mm. And it's like, you became like a, a familiar face to people, or familiar name, or Elijah from the internet, you're the per- like Because there wasn't many people writing about it, mm. it's like 10 people. Um, so... People were happy to see their thing on the internet if you wrote something nice about them. Mm. I guess I enjoyed writing. I thought the scene was exciting. Um, I was at university and I was very bored. I didn't have much to do, and that gave me enough to like be charged up creatively mm. again. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, yeah, I was out of London most of the week, so I'd only really come back on like a Friday night, Saturday night. So I'd just go out right. as well. So I'd come in and it would be quite like a visceral experience of going, you know, out on a Friday, and Saturday, then back to nothing. Mm. all the way through the week and a lot of the music they would play in the university it wasn't into yeah. so I just didn't really go out and because yeah, I guess that like isolates you socially as well so I graduated in 2009 and I was like of the credit crunch and like I was speaking to my mum about like what, what do you want to do and I was like I want to be a journalist because I guess that was the, the language I would have used at that time but of the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> and DJ and make stuff it's like, well, what is that job? <laughs> I don't know. But that's what I do now. Mm. I feel like it, what I do is like just central point between all those things. When you were like documenting,
0: um, involved in Pirate Radio Team, etc., did you have like any goals or master on to Or you just in it to kind of, you were in it at the time and you enjoyed it or did you have
1: something in mind? Yeah, only thing I wanted to do was play on Rinse and DJ at this club forward. That was it. Every other thing that I wanted to do, I'd had to... There was no, there was nothing to aspire to in that sense. Right. It was like, okay, well, just do it. Like, okay, well, let has got well, start a night because I needed somewhere to play, and mm-hmm. die okay. that were all being what we did needed somewhere to play, so we've got to start it. Okay, I don't think it was my dream to have a night. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. I don't. I don't even think I have dreams now. I don't really have any dreams mm-hmm. or goals. You feel
0: like what you do is out of passion or necessity more so than
1: yeah, a bit of both and curiosity, just experimentation, everything and. You don't know what is going to come back as well. So that bit is exciting. Like, if you had some sort of fixed goal, like, I want to get here, then you might get it, and then what? Whereas because my things, my, my mind is open to everything, I like can kind of, like, okay, pivot, okay, change this. I'm not, like, married to any particular mm. idea. And then it means that I never felt trapped by them either. Mm. It's like, okay, something doesn't. In, entertain me anymore i just stopped doing it and well and I guess the the expense of inaction was I'd have to go and get a job if mm. I didn't work out so the reason why ideas maybe in, in the early stages move fast is because I didn't have a job mm. so I had all day and I needed to make money so mm. and, and but I also had like a long term like mentality and I had fortune up personal circumstances have been able to live at home. Like, I'm not going to gas people. Like I was in my house until my mum's house until 27,
0: mm.
1: 28, or maybe 20, yeah, maybe 28. Personal sacrifices and discomfort, like, not discomfort, but made mm. to get to a point where I can f- fly off. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't a distinction of like work and hobby. Mm. Like, some, sometimes it's like that now. Um, like some of the stuff I do is work. And then there's other this other things that I do that I'm just doing out of like experimenting and curiosity mm-hmm. or whatever. There's no like like necessarily financial underpinning to it. But then I might come if the idea works. Um so and I guess maybe that's always that's probably been a better way for me to work. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe if I just ran like a window cleaning company I would have been good at that because of other different skills but I've just never tried. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: so Hopefully, yeah, I've got a while. And if I wanted to just run, like, a, you know, zeros on ones type business, well it's not artistic, I could I probably could do it. I wouldn't necessarily get bored. It should be a different challenge. Um, but the, the opportunity that I had, being in East London, being, like, in this grime scene and all these exciting things happening, all these artists, was quite, like, you know, once in a lifetime type mm. situation. So it's like, I could have gone and done a window cleaning company, but that would have been dumb, because this opportunity something was right happening. here, yeah. So um, it was definitely like a, like timing was like on my side, the internet, grime, being in East, being like on rinse at a time when that thing was rising, mm. you know, YouTube and then Boiler Room started, like all these different things that happened that like literally on your doorstep. Um, that was like, I was like in the storm of something. like. How did you end up
0: starting the label?
1: My partner, Skillion, that I've DJed with, um, we went to university together and um, we started DJing together, like doing a university radio show. Um, it was actually 15 years ago now as well, which is crazy. And then um, then we joined Rinse like the following year and the artists that we were playing weren't getting played on any other radio shows and they weren't putting out their songs yet. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, well, let's make a label to put out the songs that we're playing on the radio show. So the mm-hmm. label was supposed to be just a reflection of the radio show. Right. And then the nights would be hosting the people from the label and music adjacent to that. So I saw like labels like Hyperdub and um, some of the dubs that label Tempa. I was like, okay, if I just make a grime version of those things or the things that I'm buying, mm-hmm. um, there's still records at this time, vinyl and stuff. I just, I knew where I could get it pressed. And then you just, okay. I, I didn't have a distribution deal at first. So I had to do it myself, literally take the records to the shops. Like, um, that generation. Mm-hmm. or oh, the last of that generation, literally on Pirate Radio, distributing the records go by hand. It, Like
0: take the vinyls, physically, yeah. go to the shops Yeah. Ask them to buy a certain market.
1: Yeah. Um, which is crazy. And then that, that same year, the two main shops for Graham they closed. So Rhythm Division and Uptown, they closed, I think, like two, yeah, like 2010, 2011 mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well. Now I have to sell direct because it was, I didn't have mm-hmm. like a mechanism to do it. Then I got a distribution deal. But I was like using our own money to press them, not realizing that a lot of the labels that were putting out records to were they had like a thing called a pressing distribution. So the distributor would pay for the records to get thing and they would take a bit more of a cut. Mm -hmm. I I didn't realize this. But because we had paid for it ourselves, we were taking a higher cut and then we were able to pay the artists better. We were selling direct as well. So we were able to get the money back to artists quick. Mm -hmm and it kind of built like a bit of rapport with the people that we're working with um so we're able to again it's like because we had to flip like it made made us like move a bit faster and um yeah like i say build a rapport with the artists mm-hmm. that, that we kind of worked with
0: and then you said the extension to that was the club nights
1: yeah so the club nights were like yeah playing the same music and booking the artists from the label and other artists and we had like merch as well because once we put the records in Big Cartel, people, oh, I want that logo on a T-shirt. It's like bam, there you go. And that was the difference of like being able to scale up operations really quickly.
0: So how in terms of like merch? Because obviously you got like what's it called, Shopify, like, mm-hmm. a load of those like out of the box kind of packages and whatnot. Like how? Because a lot of them sound like first first time you've ever like had a record label, a distribution deal, uh, putting on nights, and now you talking about merch. Like, how did you navigate figuring out like how? How to create merch. How to sell it. <laughs> what price
1: point to sell it at? How yeah. to get it? I just asked. I just asked them to it. I was like, I was like oh, whatever it was. I was like, oh, would this be alright for 15 quid? And people were like, yeah, it's cool. And then that was it. Like and um so we I think we did like 20 first and then they worked pretty quickly. And then we just kept on pressing them, doing different colours and playing around with it. Um Boy Know was like the biggest, you know, t-shirt branding right mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of they kinda of like started that wave. And then I worked out where they'd been printing the T-shirts. All right, man, there you go. I'll just call up the mm-hmm. thing. It's like some place in Edmonton. Got the prices. I was like, oh, okay, sick. Like so much of this stuff was, it, w- it wasn't necessarily Googleable. Googleable? Is so that was yeah. searchable? Whatever, whatever the, however you'd use that term. But if you picked up the record, it would say, oh, distributed by Cargo Records. All right, boom, I'll just call the number. Or if you looked in the label of this, the T-shirt, it said, oh, whatever, printed by this thing. You're like, this is it's too easy <laughs> and now I guess like now people would um, just act the thing from Rinse you started
0: uploading obviously things mm-hmm. are changing with technology you said you didn't want to be on Rinse anymore what
1: happened after that I guess the thing that was happening in Rinse at that time um, it's 2014 the kind of gram resurgence was happening and Stormzy and Skepto and all this like the last show I actually did was had Stormzy on it but like all of these things were happening and I'd already done 300 shows on Rinse
0: wow
1: and because it was weekly at that time, I was just going mm. every week, and um, I thought, well, what's the difference between three hundred and one like at this stage? Like, what? Like, let me try some other stuff. Mm. I'd been there for six years. I thought it was, like longer than I was at college or university. Mm. I thought it was a significant period of time, and yeah, I just didn't find it fun anymore. Like, and the next thing was like, okay, I want to get to all these places that. Are listening or tuned into grime and the music and bars all the stuff like literally like put the nights in all these places so me and will um skilliam would you know physically go and just do the nights ourselves in manchester leeds uh liverpool berlin regularly like every month so that we'd always have like, i guess the four shows then we'll do like big quarterly shows at fabric and other clubs in and around london um so it was more like taking the the vibe and putting it in physical places. Mm. That was a focus for maybe like two or three years. And um, jumping into like to other projects, like I was DJing for like a dance show um, that toured like Europe and Asia, um, like in the theatres and stuff, like contemporary dance show. You're
0: DJing? hmm
1: Oh, sick. Yeah. So through t- 2012, 2015, we'd done like 70 shows or something. Really? It's crazy. It crazy. Like was a lot of shows. And so I was doing that on top of running a label on top of our own club nights and then it just kind of it's like well what am I on rinse for I'm on rinse mm-hmm. to try and get bookings but well, I've already got things going on Flavidie had come um, we'd met her in 2013 and I started managing her then so building up everything with her it's like I need to put time into that
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't need to be here anymore Like, and it's good to make space as well I, I, I think obviously you can enjoy it but part of what those platforms were about was pushing it forward and young voices and new music and, Mm -hmm. um, so making space is important.
0: Well, fast forward to 2021. How did you go from documenting thoughts on paper to the L square? In June
1: 2020, like, all that mad stuff happened. Um, George Floyd, all those conversations and I just got sick of social media, deleted it. Um, and kind of I kind of forgot about it for probably like three months and then I went to log back into Twitter and then realised that you couldn't um, it deletes your account after 30 days oh is it so I was like oh okay cool so I just grabbed back the handle logged back in and just forgot about it again. I was just like I've got, <laughs> I've got zero followers now I was like what, what can you say to no one so I just left wait, it so that's
0: the Twitter that you had for the last 10 years like from yeah so I had Twitter
1: from 08 oh wait. you gone. yeah gone. Yeah. Jeez. yeah. But I kind of just, I looked at it, but there's other stuff going on in my life at that time. I just looked, I laughed, and I was like, look at that. It's the internet for you, isn't it? Like, jokes. And I just, literally just closed the app, and I was like, well, what can I do? And I was like, and, and I spoke to a friend about it. They're like, oh, I'm sure you can contact Twitter again.'" I was like, no. Mm. No. Let go. It means nothing.
0: Mm.
1: And if I, I don't know if I have anything to say to those people anyway. Now, at that time and then yeah when I got into 2021 I was like well now I've got no followers I've got to kind of find some useful things to say mm. so all the things i had been learning over the, the previous decade let me just share like just things that are on my mind mm. and then just gradually they kind of built up and then this um, DJ Jubilee said oh you should put this on Instagram I will like well how do you put words on Instagram mm. so I just originally just drew on paper some of the ideas and then posted it and it. it i'm not my, my dexterity is really poor like so it's kind of scruffy and I was like okay i could do this better i could just i'm gonna like, i bought an ipad got the pencil and then drew it with the yellow black thing i was like okay that looks better mm. and once i figured out how to use the app a bit it kind of got some like yeah like a decent response <laughs> and then um julie had a new girl speaking to her and she said oh you know the not, she wasn't even giving me advice, she was just talking about broadcasting and said, oh, um, you know, one of the most important things is like for certain kinds of broadcasting is being daily. So being on the radio every mm-hmm. day like means like, so like Annie Mac or something was listened to by millions of yeah. people because they're there every day. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I was like, hmm, there's something in that for me, like mm-hmm. I just write daily and then I was doing it and then it took me about six months to realise that I was doing that before. So I had a Tumblr mm. called Elijah365.com I was like wow was com- like, I'm actually doing the same thing that I was doing before but just for this architecture and then I thought alright cool daily now and then just challenge myself to do that How did you decide what to put out there today? It was like kind of most frequently asked questions so things that kind of came up the most at first so it would be like agents and managers and mm. all this kind of back end stuff that people have assumptions about that might perspective was like maybe something that you couldn't google mm-hmm. so a lot of things it's like yeah you can read up about what agent is on the internet mm-hmm. but how, how, how about a different take on this the relationship with with it is like back and forth like mm-hmm. if no one read it and no one commented like, it wouldn't make it interesting to me mm-hmm. it's like when i get comments i get ideas people push back people say something's rubbish or that like they don't understand then it makes me like dial it up or i say, okay, I've got to make this make more sense, or someone, this is not clear enough for people. And um, it's helped me become like a better communicator, even for artists I work with. Sometimes we're, we're, we're talking and about like, plans and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they'll reference something that I've already read and be like, okay, maybe we shouldn't do it like that because mm-hmm. of this thing. And yeah, it goes two ways. But I don't have any like particular formula. Mm-hmm. Questions is probably the best thing. Or, like, working out, trying to work out for myself. Those are, like, my most enjoyable posts. And usually they just come off the cuff. Like, on the day, I'll just post it and then I'll just think of it, write it, post it. Maybe I won't look again at the app for, like, an hour, I'll come back mm-hmm. to it and and then just engage with what's there.
0: So, in terms of, like, you've got, you've got this format now, the way you present it, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter. How long have you been consistently posting daily
1: for? <laughs> I tried to do Monday to Thursday. I rebooted at the top of 2022, so I took all down all the ones from 2021. Mm. Just like tidied them up, made them a bit more consistent design-wise. Design I think I've got 118 posts up there now. I skipped a month in April because I just had some deep work to do. Because mm. <laughs> again, it's one of these things that people think that's my, my that's what I do. I'm like no, I have like a noble. Normal- other things going on mm. and like a life <laughs> and it's i didn't want this to take up too much time otherwise it becomes not real as well mm. like once i start just being a content creator for the sake of it yeah. it's like well it's not what's supposed to be there for it's supposed to be reflective of what i'm doing if i'm not doing the work then i ain't got anything yeah, to worry about yeah. so i had a break in april um i'm gonna have a chill august i post a few things and then the rest of the year, I think I could pr- I could pretty much do Monday to Thursday up until whenever I decide to stop at Christmas. I think it's opened the door of like people wanting to talk to me about ideas and maybe where their head's at or their struggles they're having, having creatively or in life. And um, so in that sense, I've had to be very sensitive about responses and mm-hmm. just like empathy towards different situations, even though I've like, not had the best years myself personally but it's also like reminded of me of my like privileges and mm-hmm. fortunate position doing this stuff. Cause yeah, people have had like really horrible experiences, not just in music, but I guess brought up. So, um, it's definitely like, not, I wouldn't say like necessarily softened me as a person, but it's broadened my understanding of the current mm-hmm. state of the nation in a lot of ways. Cause I'm getting like, I maybe replied to like two thousand people or something. That's a lot. It's a lot of people, man. And um, it does it does impact you. It does like some some of the heavier stuff. Where you're like you read that like at nine in the morning, you 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 think about it again. You know what I mean, and then sometimes, especially now I've been out in the summer, I've started to see people in real life, and they're like, oh yeah, that that post helped me do this, or I like what you're doing, or like I think it's really good. Um, so it's maybe changed the way people behave towards me
0: so just remind me again all the things that you're currently doing
1: yeah so I'm an artist manager that's mm-hmm. that's my core that's okay. the core of like my the business that I run with William and um, Skillium I can call it, like, let's say Skillium for ease um, that's the majority of the work that we do um, with Swindle um, Royalty DJQ and Flavor D then our own project um, Elijah and Skillium um, sometimes we put out records um, like Under the Butters brand but not all the time just do projects here and there it's not like mm-hmm. a main operations now um, and what else am I doing yeah just little other like consultancy things when they come up or when something I'm excited by mm-hmm. um, I like just experimenting with Web3 technology um, doing small projects in that space at night mm-hmm. there's something that's like my, my night kind of hobby experimentation but then it's weird like because you make a little bit of money as well But it's not about that. Yeah. Um, Experiment with YouTube. Started that just now. So hmm a few videos and just working out over the summer. Um, and I guess the, the squares has developed into like a kind of design language. So I've kind of, I'm going to do a live show with like a a kind of the lecture format of it. Mm -hmm. Me talking through the ideas in real life with people, um, and it kind of like being mixed with music and kind of high level presentation of it um and i do occasional guest lectures in places when people ask it's quite it's quite mixed
0: What I love most about Elijah's story is how he's essentially built a portfolio career from curiosity and necessity. He's gone from simultaneously running a blog, a club night, a label, and doing a show on rinse, and now he's consistently sharing thought-provoking posts on socials. He really does have a unique and a full 360 approach to the industry. The next episode is gonna include all of our guests and we'll talk about the role of technology and the internet career-defining moments what connects the dots between their pursuits and the implications when one of your creative pursuits makes more or less money than the others if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts give us a follow on socials as well we're at joat podcast uk on instagram and tiktok there's loads more content there and you can also watch these episodes on youtube as well